Yes, hello, and a big juicy welcome to Happy Hotties, the podcast, where we ask and answer the burning questions you've been dying to ask your mum. You know me by now, but if you don't, my name is Jasmine Mizrahi, I'm 24, and sitting with me today, as always, is the ever-glowing, happy hottie herself, Ilana Katz, my mother. Hello, everybody. Happy Pesach, Hag Sameach, Happy Easter. I hope the Easter Bunny brings you lots of Easter eggs and chocolate. Yes, my favorite kind of chocolate. (laughs) I love it. The weather has improved this week. Sydney is no longer um, drenched. And people are out and about. I'm getting my voice back after losing it. What else? There's been cabinet reshuffles. The Suez Canal is officially open and back in business. And Sydney is becoming a lot like Hollywood. I know. Sydney has become the new Hollywood. We have every A-lister and their dog around and in a, in a box in a certain sports stadium. Who's been here? There's been Chris Hemsworth, Isla Fisher... Idris Elba. Jeff Goldblum, a personal favorite of ours. Definitely very funny. Sasha Baron Cohen. Chris Pratt is here. Zac Efron, famously around Byron somewhere. Russell Crowe and... Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, actually a bestie of mine, guys. Fun fact, I was in a bookstore in Paris in 2019. And I was in... It was my favorite bookstore. And I hear these people talking about synagogues. So naturally I'm triggered and I look up curious as ever. And I'm like, that chick looks really, really familiar. And I was like, where do I know her from? And then I realized that it was Natalie Portman in this tiny bookstore with me in this small room. So I went like went over to my friends. They were in the other room and I was like, guys, guys, like stay cool. But Natalie Portman is in the other room. And they were all like, yeah, Jasmine, sure she is. Because I'm also very notorious for telling people that I see their doppelgangers left, right, and center. I'm always like, oh my God, that person looks like X, Y, Z. So they were like, yeah, 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 sure. But they proceeded to follow me into the room. And lo and behold, it was indeed the black swan herself, Natalie Portman. And I think other people in the bookstore started to catch on as well, because slowly that room started to get more and more crowded. And then our brave friend actually asked... Um, if we could get a photo, but she politely declined, which that's a bit rude. Oh, can you imagine like thinking how many people ask her a day? Well, she should wear a blonde wig and go incognito. But then again, why should she have to? And you forgot to mention her bag. Oh, yes, yes. Her bag um, probably cost more than my entire house. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But very low-key, very humble, like the daggiest jeans and sports shoes and But she top. declined to take a photo with you. She was just like, oh, sorry, I'm leaving right now. And we were just like... All right, I just find that really arrogant. I mean, <laughs> you're young girls and why wouldn't she? Yeah, that is true. And if she wouldn't be and if she wasn't famous and if she would ask someone to have their photo taken, how would she feel? Mm, her loss. I mean, maybe I should have asked her in Hebrew. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Okay, well, moving right along from Natalie Portman and her expensive bag. Yes. Um, Mum, highlight horrors for the week. Give me give me one. What do you have for me? I have a hottie horror. Yes, these are the best ones. 
On Saturday night, I went to a restaurant with some friends and we were having a really good time. And I looked across at the table next to me and the lady had had a bit of an accident. What do you mean? There was a pool of water under her chair and the back of her dress was wet. No. Yes, I felt quite sorry for her actually. And I didn't keep looking at it. I just continued my night. That's quite horrific. So what, what actually happened? Was she pregnant? Did her water break? Or did, no, when you say she, an accident? I think she was blind drunk and she was very drunk, actually. And she just wet herself because she didn't make it to the toilet in time. At the restaurant. Did she and notice? She did notice, but she just kept eating. And then she ordered another beer. No. Yeah, that's what I couldn't get what over. What did the people around her at her table do? I think being the Aussie way, we're all really polite and nobody really made a big deal about it. Yeah, that's the way it should be. But wow, that is very interesting. Mum's like vigorously shaking her head. I'm shaking my head. I was shocked, actually. Mine is not quite as um, graphic as that. I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, really. Mine's like a cute, wholesome highlight again. So there's this mom and I go to our local Woolies um, every now and then. And there's this um, beautiful guy there who's like, I don't know, how old would he be? He'd be in his 50s. Yeah, he'd be in his 50s. Just like a really happy dude managing the self-service checkout counter. And we always use his first name because I think it's really polite to, to, to use people's first names. And we always acknowledge him. We say, hi, Arthur. Thanks so much, Arthur. <laughs> and when we did it, when we did it um, the other day, he was just like, oh. And he like goes like, and he's like, I love it when you use my name. <laughs> And the only reason we know that his name's Arthur is on his name tag. He was just so cute. He just was so happy and proud of himself. Because we treated him with dignity and respect. Of course we did. And, and it was just like, oh, I love it when you say my name. And it was, I was just like, Arthur. Wow. <laughs> and it's a nice name. Yeah, it's a lovely name. So that was my highlight of the week. I think it was... Um, doesn't sound as if there was much going on in your life last week. I contest that. I was very busy, thank you. I just really enjoyed that moment with Arthur. As long as he doesn't latch on to us and become a pain in the Arthur. <laughs> it's like when you're really nice to those kids at school and then they latch on. <laughs> Moral of the story is that it's important to use everyone's first names because it makes them feel special and maybe we'll get some free potatoes or something out of it (laughs) next time we're in the self-service. So as you can probably tell by the episode title, our topic today is jobs and workplaces. The good, the bad. And the ugly. And the ugly. There are just so many different types out there. And so many interesting experiences that people have had with these workplaces. Where was your first job? My first job was in Villawood Detention Centre. I was teaching refugees from South America and Asia. How old were you? I was 24. Then how did you get this job? My age. But I had other jobs before that, but this was my first... Your first teaching gig. My first after uni teaching job. Right. And how did you actually get the job? 
I can't I, imagine um, Seek or Indeed existed back then. There was no internet jobs. We had to look in newspapers. I saw a job in the newspaper. Vintage. I, <laughs> I saw a job in the newspaper. I circled it in pink highlighter and I rang up. And I was talking with the secretary about the job. And the secretary said to me, oh, you sound really, really nice. I will book you in for a job interview. And if you really want the job, wear big hoop earrings and wear something blue because the lady who will employ you, the lady who will interview you loves hoop earrings and her favorite colors blue and I said to her thank you for the tip so when I did go for the job interview two days later I wore hoop earrings you just best bet you did and did you get that job <laughs> just up my alley yes and we were talking about our hoop earrings more than the job interview and so the affiliation with hoops was born wow, anyway the origin story <laughs> So I, I did get the job and I started the following week. Amazing. What about you? My first job was after my gap year in 2015. I came back. It was the end of the year and I really wanted a job. It was about October and I went to kind of similar to you. It wasn't like an online application process. It was just, I sort of just hustled. I went over to, it was like this beach club at one of the beaches around Sydney and walked in. I was like, can I speak to a manager? And he came out, he had like flaming red hair. And I don't know why that's relevant, but alas. But didn't you say something like, I really like your hair color? I, I think I so. think you butted him up. There was definitely a lot of buttering up going on. You were there. You were there as well. <laughs> you were there (laughs) yes and you're wearing a tiny tiny pair of shorts and a little skimpy t-shirt not job interview dress code but who cares well yeah I mean it it fit the aesthetic there and I was just like hey I'm looking for a job and I think I started two weeks later I think a week later maybe a week later and I yeah and I was I was working the pass so I was working the area where people come with their buzzers and you have to match the food to the buzzers and I I remember I would always come home just smelling like a fish because of all you did (laughs) I was the one that told you that you smelled like a fish (laughs) I would come home and I would just smell like the ocean and I'd say Jasmine have a shower because I was working 10 hour days with a half an hour break I may add which is so illegal and getting paid hardly anything yeah and the crazy thing is like they were full exploiting myself and all the other backpackers that were there because I didn't know any different I didn't know that was my first job I didn't know that it wasn't normal to work a 10 hour day with a half an hour like unpaid break no I think it was a paid break um but still and come home smelling like a fish I mean that's just an unfortunate (laughs) byproduct but yeah so that was my first job to be fair, I learned a lot from it. I really enjoyed it, met some cool people. And I just remember getting my first paycheck. It was 30 whole dollars <laughs> from my training. And it was just the most glorious feeling ever. That was the first time that it wasn't like babysitting cash under the table money. And it was an actual transfer into my <laughs> actual bank account with my actual BSB and account number. And it was glorious. <laughs> And you bought home really yummy food sometimes. Yes, I, I, that was a big issue that I had there was the food wastage. I have a big problem with food wastage. 
I think that just stems from like my grandmother always like forced don't us to waste finish. anything yes in her strong Russian accent just <laughs> eat it all um and so yeah there, there was just it's crazy how much wastage goes on in hospitality I was so often um like would be told to throw like a full burger away or a whole thing of chips or a big salad, like these gourmet, amazing meals. I just would not do that. And I would just take it to the back and like give it to all the chefs and like, we'd all eat it in the back together. And they loved me as a result of it. I'd love you too. I got in trouble a couple of times, but I don't care. Who cares? Now to actually get into the nitty gritty, let's get on with the Q and a it's about bloody time. Question one. I've spent so long working to be a lawyer and now I've realized it's not what I want to do. I feel like I've put so much work into it and I feel like I'm giving all that up for nothing, but I'm really not happy. You've learned, you've obviously learned a lot of skills along the way and you've processed a lot of information and maybe that'll be helpful in your next job. Just think of all the inspiring stuff you've done. Totally. Nothing is a waste of time. You have learned how to study, which in itself is an amazing skill. You've learned how to work with other people. You've actually gotten to be a lawyer. That's, that's incredible. What an accomplishment. And that could turn into so many wonderful things. You can do counseling. You can advise businesses. You can join a board of directors you can do whatever you want you've got a degree and do you know how many people study get a degree and never use it they move on to something else for sure my degree that I did was so broad because I didn't know what I wanted to do and now what I am doing is quite different to what I thought I would be doing and I'm sure it will be different in a year and maybe in three and maybe in ten So it's part of the journey, I think, but don't feel like it's a waste of time because it definitely wasn't a waste of time. Anyone who feels like they want to change their path or their trajectory, even after they've put in a long amount of work into achieving something at the time, that's what you wanted to, to do. But now it may be not, it maybe isn't because you're a different person. And who knows what's around the corner? Question number two. Ilana, well, this is targeted straight for you. Yes. What would you recommend I wear to a job interview? I think I know what you're going to say. I'm going to say wear a big smile and carry a lot of confidence because the first thing they're going to pick up is your energy one second after you walk into the room. Your energy introduces you before... What was the quote? Your energy even your energy introduces you before you open your mouth. It depends on the job. If you're going for a corporate job. I wouldn't recommend wearing what I wore to the beach club. Um, but if you're going to get a job at an underpaying place where you're going to leave and smell like a fish, shorts, midriff. <laughs> no. If you're going for a job interview in the corporate world, pearl earrings I know it sounds daggy so daggy but they look so nice pearl earrings maybe a suit corporate and if you're working in a funky retail shop which is more up my alley I guess wear funky stuff yeah I know this wasn't targeted to me it was targeted to you but I'm gonna chime in anyway because that's what I do just look clean look clean presentable look like you've put in effort 
look interesting, smile, have good energy. That's more important than what you wear. Do you know what is uh, really interesting? There's a scene in the movie The Pursuit of Happiness with with Will Smith, our favorite Will Smith, um, where he goes for an interview at a stockbroking firm and he had no time to change any of his clothes. So he was wearing these like overalls with paint all over them and he had to run to the interview because it was a last minute thing and he walked in there and immediately their perception of him was already nah this guy's this guy's a loser like he's no good what a waste of our time and he dazzled them and it's just so funny how we as human beings make these subconscious judgments on people purely based on how they look yeah it's unfortunate but so true question three Someone keeps stealing my yogurt in the work fridge. That's it. (laughs) This happened to my work colleague, who is actually a really good friend of mine. Someone kept stealing his yogurt. So he had enough. (laughs) One day he went to the reject shop. Yes, we had reject shops in the good old days. (laughs) He bought a plastic cockroach and opened the yogurt just a little bit and put the cockroach in the yogurt. To this day, we still don't know who the yogurt thief was, but we hope they got the shock of their life. That is brilliant. Yes, but it would be better if you could find a dead one in the garden. Oh, like a real one. A real one. Okay, fair enough. So if you want to go an alternative route, I would just say hide it behind other things or just bring something else that is um, a non-perishable. Or write your name on it. But even if you write your name on it, it still might get stolen. Yeah, I guess you could spy from another room and see who the thief is. Exactly. Question number four. Oh, I like this one. There's this girl I really like at work. I don't know her name, but I always see her in the lift. I would love to ask her out, but I'm scared she'll reject me and we work in the same building. SOS. There's nothing wrong with rejection. If you want, what have you got to lose? If you want to invite her out, invite her out. And if she's got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you shot your shoot. You shot your shot. Exactly. You've got nothing to lose. Go for it. Yeah, I reckon do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? She'll say no. If you're scared of rejection, listen to our first episode on dating. We talk a lot about it. Question five: Workplace romances, yay or nay? I guess that sort of leads in from the other question. I'm going to say a big, strong nay. Nay? Yes. Why is that? I just think you're treading on broken broken glass. But then again, who knows what chemistry you have with that person and maybe just go for it. Mm, It's kind of unavoidable at times. I worked in a retail store once and apparently um, two of my coworkers hooked up in the change room once. (laughs) During a shift. <laughs> I guess it happens. If it happens, it happens. I think statistically, most couples actually meet at work. Really? Funnily enough. Yeah, I remember reading a statistic about that. It makes sense because if you're around that space all the time, or it's pre-COVID times, you're around a lot of people all the time. So naturally things are going to happen. And a lot of people are having relationships in the workplace, but they keep keep it under wraps and no one knows. If it doesn't impact your day-to-day and it can be kept separate, I don't see why it's an issue. It depends if you're in another relationship outside the workplace. Oh, that's a whole kettle of fish, but we're not going to open that one right now. <laughs> Next question. 
I sit next to someone with a lot of perfume and I feel like you guys would have good advice on how to handle this. It is potent. Move. (laughs) If you can find another place to sit, move away from that person because you could end up with really bad headaches. (laughs) I remember when Britney Spears' fantasy perfume came out and everyone was obsessed with it. And now anytime I smell that like vial of pink liquid anywhere, I just, I, I'm transported back to being a 12 like going to bar mitzvahs and stuff and, and <laughs> opening that gift and being like, oh, another bottle of fantasy. <laughs> Woohoo. Didn't have that before. It's like pink sugar. A hundred years ago, all of us were wearing pink sugar. And if I ever smell that again, I think I'll be sick. Yeah, it's it's interesting what that, if you smell that scent in like 10, 15 years time, it's interesting how you're going to feel. It's like me and alcohol. I can't smell Southern Comfort because I had a very bad experience with Southern Comfort. And now I just can't even smell it. Hey, happy hotties. I'm starting a new job next week. What are some happy hottie tips? Okay. Be like an onion. What? Be like an onion. Layers. Don't reveal all your layers. Just stand back, watch and observe. See who you like, see who you don't like. And just get the feel of the place. Yeah, don't be, I don't think, don't be too loud. Don't be the center of attention. Like put your head down, show you're willing to work hard. Be attentive, be smart, be sensible, be on time. Sounds like Survivor because the loud ones in Survivor get voted out immediately. Yes, always fly under the radar. That's our big Survivor tip. We're we're very big Survivor fans um, here at Happy Hotties. We've seen every single season. Um, since American you were season, a baby. Since I was a baby. Planning on actually going on that show one day, guys. Let's see what happens. But yeah, actually, the workplace is really a microcosm of school, I, I think, and Survivor. But I think of school. You know, you've got your groups, you've got your cliques, you've got... The cool kids, the geeks. The dags, the jocks, the teachers and the managers. Like, what are the jocks? Like the, you know, like the jockey guys. Like, like the, the big sports heads. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, I, I think be, just show be you're cautious. willing. Be cautious. Yeah, just show you're willing to work hard and also don't trust anyone. That's one thing I've learned. Do not trust anyone, especially from the beginning. Because you never know. Don't don't go around bitching to people. Don't gossip. Don't gossip. Just know who's around you, know your environment, and be able to just stand on your own two feet there before you even start any of that. Just feel your way slowly and keep an eye on everything. Just watch. Yeah. Observe. People watch. My favorite activity. Next question. My boss is so awful and I feel like I'm treading on eggshells when I'm around him. What do I do? Oh, we're going to hear about a terrible boss later. Stay tuned. But for now, my last boss was awful, awful. What more can I say? She would always have her bum crack out. (laughs) And whenever she spoke, she dribbled and spat. Don't spray it. Say it. Ugh. And she would go on and on and on. My God, it sounds like me. (laughs) And her meetings, which was supposed to be 20 minutes, ended up being an hour. And it was just awful. What else was awful about her? 
everything was awful about her. Just everything. How do people like that become managers? I don't understand. Because they usually work in an office and they're not good communicators. So what should our listener do if they feel like they're treading on eggshells when they're around their boss? Keep away from your boss. Have limited conversations with your boss. Spend hardly any time with your boss. Pavlov's dog your boss? Oh, Pavlov's dog. My last boss was, as I said before, awful. So I thought I'd train her. I bought a packet of lollies and every time I'd walk by her office, I'd shake the lollies. She'd look up and she'd see that I had lollies. If she was nice to me, I'd offer her a lolly during, during the day. And if she was a cow, which was most of the time, she didn't get a lolly. But always I made sure when I was walking past her office, I'd have the bag of lollies with me. And the reason why we call that story the Pavlovian dog story is because um, Pavlov's theory is a learning procedure. And what they pretty much did was um, they conditioned a dog's responses. So they found objects or events that could trigger a conditional response and the result of the experiment was a new conditioned dog. So if they rung a bell or they offered it uh, meat or whatever, it would then elicit a certain response because that's how it had been trained. So that's what you did to your manager. Yeah, I shook the bag of lollies and it worked. That is brilliant. So maybe that's what you should do to your boss. (laughs) Train your boss. Next question. My workplace is very diverse, which I love. With Easter coming up, should I be saying happy holidays or happy Easter? That's a cool question. I'm very old school. I'm not into happy holidays. I think that it is what it is. If it's Easter, you wish someone happy Easter. If it's Christmas, you wish someone Merry Christmas. I'm not into getting offended by holidays. Yeah, and also it doesn't matter who it is, like whatever religion, like Happy Easter, happy holidays. When I was teaching students from diverse backgrounds, I said to them in Australia, it's part of the culture. Wish people happy Easter. Wish people Merry Christmas. Or you can plug our podcast and say happy hotties. (laughs) (laughs) That's better. It is. Gee, I'm impressed. Thanks. Next question. Ow. Wow. Mom's really impressed by that one. <laughs> I think we need some music. Mm. I feel like I do a lot more work than my managers and I want to ask for a promotion. It's not fair that I'm doing all this extra and being paid the same as people who aren't doing this work. Unfortunately, the higher up the ladder you are, the more work you allocate to new people no but our listener is saying that they're just doing more work but they're not being promoted and they're being paid the same but they're doing work that was that's for another level i think you should negotiate you should negotiate a promotion you should say you should sit down with your manager outline clearly these are all the things i'm doing this is how i'm doing them these are the reasons why i want a promotion And if not, you should negotiate doing less work because if you're doing something that is more than that role, 
you should be compensated for it. You don't want to be taken advantage of because obviously you're hardworking and you're really good at what you do and you need to be rewarded for your work. Or just even compensated, not rewarded. I don't think we, we, we as humans don't deserve anything, um, but you're clearly working hard and they know that they can trust you. So you should use that as a bargaining chip and you should see what you can do with that. Of course. Okay, next question. Interesting. I have a little crush on my boss. A little crush or a big crush? Just says a little crush on my boss. Prickly territory. Is the boss married? Is he in a relationship? Or she. Yeah. Is he or she gay? You know, are you... Dangerous. (laughs) I think there are uh, certain rules around these things obviously it depends on the workplace but unfortunately rules are meant to be broken mama Mm. well (laughs) mom's like motioning with her eyebrow it's going up and down (laughs) it depends on the situation it depends if it's going to be a fleeting romance or do you want a long-term romance this is the worst advice ever but eh, alas (laughs) maybe it's just a one night get it out of your system or in your system <laughs> not a good question moving on but thank you listener <laughs> good luck i can't stop laughing in staff meetings because everyone around me takes it so seriously for god's sake it's retail but we know that all the things that are being discussed never get done anyway oh my god but i'm the exact same i'm so unserious by nature like i just laugh at everything i'm so facetious and i just i just feel like if you if you don't care about it and you're just there for like the sunday rates or whatever it is just like try look interested that's what i used to do in my retail stores i prefer emails to meetings because it's shorter and sitting in a meeting is so boring I don't mind the odd meeting or two as long as they're like interesting and it's with cool people. Like my other job, like my team was so fun and awesome and like meetings were fun. We had chocolates and lollies and Mm. stuff like that. Guess it depends on the workplace, really. Whenever I organized meetings, I always provided food as an incentive. Mm. And as you said, I had lollies, I had chocolate, I had cake. Just try get a grip on your giggles if possible. (laughs) Next question. I just got a job at a bar, but faked all my experience and I have no idea how to make a drink. Thank God for YouTube. YouTube. Thank God. Yeah. Oh my God. I've YouTubed everything. Like I've learned how to do origami. I've learned how to French braid my hair. Pina coladas. Make pina coladas. Make sangria. Made massive vats of sangria for my birthday last year. And it was delicious. I can vouch for that. Yes. Thank you, um, Jorge, the little Spanish man (laughs) uh, on the video. He, He knew fake it till you make it fake it like i remember my first job not my first job my second job that i was doing alongside that first job it was in a retail store it was in cotton on and i said to the girl you're so confident how do you know all the answers to what everyone was is is asking you and she said i don't i just look like i do (laughs) and i was like okay that works for me and it's true just pretend you know if you say things with enough conviction people will believe you it's true Next question. What are the most common reasons people leave their jobs? I'm tossing up doing it, but I don't know. Better job offers? Bad energy in the workplace, toxic people in the workplace, bitchiness in the workplace, gossiping in the 
workplace. Yeah, doesn't like the environment or I guess it's just time to move on if it's not right for you. And you're not happy with the work you're doing. Maybe it's boring. Yeah, or sometimes the job is unclear. Um, you feel stifled. Maybe the job's too far away and you want something closer to home. Yeah, which is fine. Remember, one door closes, a thousand doors open. Yeah, I so believe that. I love that. I, I really love that. As soon as I left the job that I was in this January, I didn't really know what my plan was. A lot, of, And a lot of people thought that I was crazy, but um, I knew that it would all work out because I knew I'd be more open to the opportunities that were around me and, and I would seek them. As long it's, as you- it's the law of attraction at play. Like attracts like and lack attracts lack. I'd love to do an episode on that, actually. I think that would be really interesting. But yeah, just keep just keep your eyes open and yeah, see what happens. Look, as long as you get support from your family and friends when you're making a big move in your life. For sure. 17. The atmosphere at my job is so toxic you can cut it with a knife. Any tips on how to make this better? I've just finished watching the Vikings and whenever they didn't like someone, they just got a sword and killed them. But it was just so soothing. I'm, I'm watching. <laughs> what? So good. You get, a, you get a sword and stick it in them. Yeah, that, that just won't cut it now. Don't do that. Ignore my mother. That is terrible advice. Watch the Vikings. It's so therapeutic. Whenever someone doesn't like someone, they just knock them off. Yeah, I guess you could, um, you could just create visuals in your mind of you doing that that might help but in all seriousness if if you're in a toxic workplace and it's making you unhappy you definitely shouldn't have to deal with that that's not fun it's not pleasant we'll hear from a listener after about um, their experience in a toxic workplace if you think it can be made better by discussing with your management then try that Um, if it's because of a certain person steer clear from them Also, in a toxic workplace, and I'm being serious now, it can really affect your health. You'll find that you'll get sick more often and you get headaches more often because it affects you. You're not happy. Absolutely. You've got to put yourself first. Next question. How can I be a better leader? 70% listening, 30% speaking. We have two ears and one mouth. I think to be... In a managerial position to be a leader, you have to be a good listener and you have to be objective and you have to be kind. Mm, You have to have empathy, you have to have compassion and you have to have good communication skills. And like you said, great listening skills. And just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean that everyone has to know that you're having a bad day. Oh, I had a terrible boss like that once. When you're a leader... When you come to work, switch on to automatic and be decent. And lead. Exactly. I have a coworker who is such a space invader. I take a step back and she steps forwards. It is so annoying. Reverse psychology. When you're talking to this person, just say, oh, I'm not standing too close to you, am I? I hope I'm not invading your space. (laughs) Yeah, you need to politely educate this person on personal bubbles. And also... Turn it around. Yeah, that's a good idea. And if the person still doesn't get it, you can always use, oh, don't come too near me. I'm not feeling well. I hope I don't... I hope I haven't got a bug. Or use COVID. Just be like, oh, I have to social distance. Like, we all have to social distance. It starts with us. Yeah. It starts here. It starts at home. Yeah, that that is quite annoying. Space invaders. Okay, I think we have time for one more question. 
I've been told, I love how specific this question is. I've been told my small nude statue of David is offensive. Should I remove it? Definitely not. If, no. If your little small statue of David is offensive because he's in the nude, put a little toga on him. <laughs> you know, just cut up some material and make and wear a little, and he can wear a little toga. A little loincloth. Yes, yes. Then no one's going to be offended. This happened to me. I got a statue of Venus a few years ago and I loved her and she was sitting on my desk. A nude statue of Venus? Yes, yes. She was really lovely. One day I came to work and my statue of Venus had disappeared. And I thought, where is she? I opened my my drawer and my little statue was in my drawer. And so I take it out put it back on my desk. This went on for a while until one day I came to work and I opened my drawer and little Venus wasn't there. What? Someone had thrown it away. No. And I never saw her again and I know who did it and I actually confronted that person and she said, yes, I threw it away because I found it offensive. That's crazy you can't throw someone else's property away it's just rude i would never do that we just can't be worried about offending everyone it's ridiculous and we're born why are you offended by a pair of tits god i understand that certain imagery offends certain people and maybe there's religious and cultural sensitivities there but for god's sake a statue of venus de milo she's literally everywhere if you go to rome throwing away someone's property though she should instead of instead of constantly putting it in your drawer and you taking it out putting it in your drawer she should have went on for a while she should have just like actually spoken to you and come to you maybe you could have reached some kind of agreement maybe you could have given venus a little shroud or something if that really yeah if that really offended her like it it shouldn't have gotten to the point where it was thrown in the garbage bin hi alana oh another one for you i'm a student teacher almost graduated i'm really nervous about making a fool of myself in front of a class have you had any embarrassing moments i have made a fool out of myself so many times (laughs) but the worst one my most embarrassing and i don't even think it's embarrassing anymore was when I was going out one night and I didn't have time to go home and I had to have a shower at my friend's place. Was this after work? Yes, but this was during work. So in the morning, I threw everything that I was going to wear for going out that night. And I was teaching. My bag was on my desk and I accidentally dropped my bag on the floor (laughs) and out flew my G-string and bra. (laughs) And my students, thank God they were adults. Oh my God, if they were like year six boys. Oh, but anyway, my G-string and bra flew out on the floor and I froze in horror. (laughs) And then I started to laugh and laugh and laugh. I had tears pouring down (laughs) my face. And then I think that lightened the atmosphere that you could have cut with a knife and the whole class started laughing. That is iconic. My God, this is exactly like when Carrie Bradshaw drops her bag in the street of New York and Mr. Big stops and picks off everything in her bag, including condoms (laughs) in the streets of New York. Oh, I had no Mr. Big in the class. Oh.
There you go, the G-string story that was elucidated to in the trailer. If you can laugh at yourself, then no one can laugh at you and make a fool out of you. And now, time for our listener story of the week. Hi, happy hotties. I love the pod. Mum and I listen to it religiously. And today I wanted to share my experience um, at a horrible workplace, um, but maybe we can laugh at my pain. <laughs> so I'd love to hear what you guys have to uh, say. Hopefully teach all the happy hotties out there to never, never settle for less. Um, so I started my full-time, first full-time job out of uni. I was pretty desperate. So I kind of just accepted um, whatever job I was offered at the time. I knew that the workplace that I was working at didn't really align with my values. It wasn't really like my dream job or anything, but I wasn't in a position to be picky. So I started and I thought it'd be a really good learning experience. It was going pretty okay at the start. There are a few red flags. I think the biggest one would be like, obviously we all get nervous at the beginning of our first few weeks or maybe first month, but my nervous feeling didn't really go away. Like it just turned into anxiety and I I would not, I would feel quite sick every morning kind of going to work. I didn't really ever feel very comfortable. I also, like, I also felt very like I needed to prove myself all the time. I kind of was like overcompensating and trying to like prove to everybody that I was like really useful and like I could like help everyone out. And like, it was just like, you know, too much. (laughs) So eight months went by and that feeling didn't really go away. And at that point, I hadn't kind of had like a suspicious feeling that my boss didn't really like me on like a personal level. Um, and some examples of this were dismissing my ideas in meetings, um, repeating ideas that I'd told them in private and then presenting them as their own, um, not being able to communicate clear or constructive criticism, telling me I was dressed inappropriately. Um, so by the end, I was literally wearing a turtleneck in summer. One time when I asked um, whether I could go home sick, I was asked whether I was menstruating. So that's good. (laughs) So to cut a long story short, um, I asked if we could have a meeting just so we could go over where I was going wrong, how I could improve, what I could do to fix it. Um, This meeting ended up in me getting fired. So some of the things that were said to me in that meeting were that my ideas are just bad. I was asked what I learned at university, what university I went to, that I I was told I was terrible at what I was doing, that I should change career paths. I was asked how it feels that other people in the company who haven't even studied what I studied can do my job better than I can. I was told that young people want to get to the top from day one these days and just a whole heap of other stuff that I've kind of blocked out of my memory because I pretty much blacked out by that point because I needed to for like actual self like survival reasons. (laughs) I was then locked out of my computer, told never to return. I thanked them for the experience and I have never seen them since. Now, present day, (laughs) um, I'm probably still recovering from how hard this actually hit my confidence. But I do have a lovely job now in a workplace that literally gasses me up every day. So inspirational story. But it was a good lesson because I literally could not appreciate my workplace more now. And I guess like while I was working there, the way I was feeling was that I physically like could not do a good job because I was just like crippled with anxiety and I had low self-confidence and I was just second guessing everything that I did. Like now I'm thankful that it all panned out, panned out the way it did um, because it obviously taught me what to look out for and, you know, 
how to pick a job that actually serves me. But I still question, looking back, why I didn't leave when I knew it was impacting my health at the time and, and at the time as well, it was impacting other areas of my life. So I obviously think there's a lot to unpack here. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. But my question is, why does it take people so long to leave jobs that genuinely make us unhappy? So sad you had to go through that awful experience for eight months. You were everything she wasn't and must probably wish she was. You were bright, clever, fresh. You were a young, happy hottie. And she, a young, hardworking, happy hottie. And, you, and she felt threatened by you and all young people. Maybe she was scared that you would steal her job. By the sounds of it, this seems like it is a very old traditional workplace, if I'm putting all the signs together. I think red flags should never last for more than eight months. If you were feeling nervous for eight months, that is a clear, clear sign that you have to leave. This boss sounds like an absolute douchebag. How dare she steal your intellectual property? And the fact that you're wearing a turtleneck in summer is borderline torture. I cannot believe that that got so deeply personal. The fact that you were asked if you were menstruating when you wanted to go home sick. That's not on. What? What? It baffles me that that actually exists, that workplaces like that in actually time and age. still exist. But that brings me to my next point, which was that I think the reason why bosses can act like this is because they know they're out of touch. They know they're out of touch with this new evolving industries and workspaces. And by them trying to make you feel small, that was them. It's control. That was them trying to retain their control over you. And also maybe you didn't leave because you were scared of the unknown. And then you think, oh my God, I have to go through the whole process of finding another job. Yeah. And sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. It's the fear of the unknown. Mm, not in this situation. You left and you absolutely did the right thing. And You should have left earlier. The reason why, though, that people don't necessarily leave these things earlier. It's like abusive relationships. Even though you know that you should leave, sometimes you just can't. It's just much harder to leave for whatever reasons they might be. And you probably knew, you knew that this this was wrong, but you were also scared of the unknown. And she wanted to crush your spirit. And now... Because she felt threatened by you. Yeah, and the fact that she was losing her grip in a changing industry. And then she was taking it out on you. At least now you know what to look for in future jobs. You know what things you're not going to tolerate. You know what red flags there are out there. And you know that if you leave a place, you will get another job, wherever it may be. They're all stepping stones, and I'm sure... You learned a lot from this. I'm sorry you had to go through this, but at the end of the day, you came out all the better. You're in an amazing place that gasses you up now. And how amazing is that? And you can wear whatever you want and feel confident and beautiful, which I'm sure you are. Yeah, turtleneck or no turtleneck, menstruating or not. Just be your beautiful free spirit and keep working hard and you will definitely go places. Yas, queen. Well, it is time to wrap up the episode for this week. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to Happy Hotties, the podcast. Super important to mention that the content produced by Happy Hotties exists for entertainment purposes to make you guys laugh and is not intended as a substitute for professional advice. If you have any burning questions or 
any cool stories that the world needs to hear, please send them in to us. We are always on the hunt for more stories. It's so interesting to hear what you guys think and what you have to say on our topics. You can email us at highhappyhotties at gmail.com or send us a cheeky little DM on Instagram. If you're enjoying the episodes, then please rate, review and subscribe as it all helps. Right, mom? Right. And remember, guys, when one door closes, a thousand doors open. And sometimes you can't go by the book. You can't see eye to eye with everybody in your workplace. Ain't that the truth? That's all we have time for. Lots of love. And bye-bye, desvidanya, litro ot, sayonara, we love you. I want to do the wrap-up next week. I want to try. We'll add some new languages. <laughs> bye, guys. Bye.